0: Welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, it is finally test week for the Springboks. The Springboks are facing Australia in the first test of rugby championship. We have rugby to look forward to and test rugby at that. I've got Sean and I've got Jared with me today. Um, We are going to look at the, the, mostly obviously at the Springbok Australia test match. We're going to talk a little bit about New Zealand, going to Argentina, talk about the under 20 um, rugby World Cup. And some news, especially from um, the, the the newly um, established World Rugby Championship happening as well. Sean and Jared, um, hope you guys are well. Let's first start with our first phase um, for this week, and we asked um, our dirt trackers for their um, transfers for the Rugby World Cup. So one player going to one country and another player going to opposite country, and seeing what and 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 trying to make both teams better. So the one that when I posted it that I try to start people off on was the box get Nick White, get themselves you know, probably the one of the few positions the Springboks don't have a top three player. So they get themselves a nice world class scrum off. And Australia gets Damien Willemser. Sean, what do you think about that transfer in particular?
1: I love it because I'm a massive Nick White fan, but you did choose violence um because <laughs> uh, everyone loves to hate I went the opposite to, oh no I didn't, I I, I was going to pick Owen Farrell, but then I went off it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that Nick White one was interesting. Um, Cause I was also, I mean, eyeing about a scrum off at one stage. I'm i hes- I'm hesitant because I don't think we are that thin at nine. I think we're okay at the moment. So, so, I yeah, think all so, of this
2: is slander for, for our scrum-offs in South Africa. Like, Faf, De yeah. and Agwebis, Reinhardt are both world-class in my book. I don't think I, I'd take them both over Nick White, although I, I do rate Nick White. I, I think this this chat is slanderous, and Australia get a win-win here. Yeah, crazy if you don't think Nick White is one of the top three scrum-offs,
0: though. I mean, look, Faf and Reinhardt are great, but they're, they're not DuPont or White or Aaron Smith, are they? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I agree. I, like someone, someone had a bit of abuse on social about it or had kittens. Nick White absolutely makes a Springbok squad. If he's South African, that is, that's where I'm going to. So I think it's more, more about like, are we going to like, will these players that people are swapping out, make their squads. Nick White makes a Springbok squad easily. Um, I think he's got a great kicking game. There's a fairly good chance that he actually would probably start, if everyone's fit and firing, he'd start ahead of Fuff and Fuff would bench. So, Jared, I'm sorry, my man. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Tala here.
2: Yeah, I, I, I just think like out of all the scrum offs we could talk about, and we we have got decent depth at scrum off. Like, I, I, can we rather like talk about Dupont and with like uh, France could do no, with uh, France Nick. could do with Damien Vilamsa? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would even get Baptiste Serran instead of getting Nick. Like, but none yeah. of them are Australian.
1: <laughs> we were swapping with Australia and South Africa.
2: Let's talk. You see, where, I think Baptiste Serran is actually a better. Fit? Oh, he's good. Cyril's better because we get, we, get a, we get a 10 out of him as well. Like, we Tala, seriously need a 10 at the moment.
1: Tala, I think you might have to mute Jared because he, this, for lad- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen out there, if anyone want to, wants to know what deflection means, this is what is happening. Jared is deflecting. He doesn't want to talk about Nick White. He's named 30 other nines, but we need him to talk about Nick White. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's Let's, also other Australians me, that we could get. Eh? We could get Michael Hooper. We've got C.A. injured at the moment. Let's talk about
0: Nick White. We've got C.A.
2: Injured, <laughs> injured at the moment. We, we get Hooper and we get a captain in and a world-class <laughs> open side. Like, come on, guys.
0: That's not a bad one.
2: Yeah. Look, I was just trying to
0: get a a, a, a a swap between the two opponents this weekend. I mean, I think Hooper was actually the other player I was thinking of in, in, in the transfer because of, yeah, I mean if Colisi isn't isn't available for the Rugby World Cup, we'd probably need someone to well, someone as good as him, which Hooper definitely is. So yeah, I don't mind that one at all. But I, I but I'm just thinking about this alternate world where Damien Willemser plays for Australia. Cheese, they would that would solve a lot of problems for them at fullback.
2: I think that yeah, when that. I saw that, that's what I thought. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. No, my 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 thinking with with Australia was um actually swapping um with with france and france uh giving them malvin gemini and uh they get to pick off one of one of their locks i think rory arnold or richie arnold would be a great shout for for france so that uh they can play waki at Wokie at flank sure
0: yeah i mean you unfortunately so you can't get emmanuel Meafu because he's not eligible so your consolation prize is well skeleton that that's not too bad <laughs>
2: But I, I, I don't think they need Skelton, though. That's what I'm saying. I think I oh. think they need that, uh, that more of a line-out general. Skelton isn't that. He's a lot of things. He's not that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think, Austr- I mean, France would just take any f- lock that is over 140 kilograms and just put them in their team. <laughs> I mean, we see, and we're going to talk about the under-20s a bit later, but our friend Pasolo Lagi, who's playing for the France under-20 team, he's... Yeah, he's next. Like, he's definitely going to be having a long career there in the French top 14 and in the French national team. Because, yeah, France likes him thick um, in, in, in the lock position, especially. So I, I think they won't say no to someone that that's that big. Um, let's talk about, uh, through a few of the other transfers and see what your opinions are. So Rian Lowe, obviously friend of the show. Um, very interesting one. Um African Samoa getting together here. Safi against Siuteni, the outside center for La Rochelle, and Samoa gets Gorbus Reinach. Um, I like the Gorbis Reinach angle for Samoa because they've got a, actually a really good squad, more balanced than Tonga and Fiji. Probably the only thing that they are arguably missing is a scrum off. So Reinach fits that. Suteni, I mean, that's a very good backup to Lukanyo Am, or he can probably play on the wing as well. What do you think about this, Jared?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in, but he plays 10 and 12. He's played a lot at and 10. 15. Yeah, mm. he plays all okay. across the back line.
2: Yeah, 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 so it would be essentially us getting a, another Damien Willemser, which I think would actually work quite nicely. We can have Damien starting and we can have Suteni on on the bench in the 6-2. So I, I I think that's a pretty decent trade-off.
0: Okay, so B, at BA Shelley, he has one for Ireland. Um, Australia against Hugo Keenan and Ireland gets Wall Skelton I see the motivation here Ireland just never wants to face Wall Skelton in any match (laughs) of any circumstance ever so I mean there's more protection for Ireland and they're more than willing to even give up probably one of their few I mean not few but like one of them like best players as well Keenan so look I get it Ireland I totally get it what do you think Sean
1: yeah. Like, like NFL's called running, they're running safety there. They're just basically blocking off someone. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's a great shot. It's amazing how, um, the, the underlying factor here is that the Wallabies are short of 15. <laughs> I think yeah. like yeah, every, <laughs> everyone, everyone, like if you're not Australian, you very good chances that you don't like them, but everyone knows it's very evident that if they could help Australia out, that help them out with a 15. But, um, I think that's a great shot, um, because you uh, because of what you've mentioned. It's just that skeleton is just absolutely murders them every time. But um, but yeah, that was that was a, that was a good call. I did have a chuckle there.
0: Let's go to Darren Holiday. He has a transfer for the Springboks. Springboks get George Ford helping out with a bit of their depth issues at fly half, and England can pick any of the any Ford that they want. Chad, which Ford would England pick, pick oh. if they could pick one?
2: I, I think they would go for, for one of our blind sides because I think that's where they've been struggling a bit. So, yeah, watch out. Peter Step, Detroit, Franco Morstert, Lowe. I, I think they would be targeting one of those. If not those guys, I think they would snap up Vincent Koch in a heartbeat.
1: I have, I have a massive problem. <laughs> if you're doing something in England and you're swapping an English player and you want a 10 and you don't pick Owen Farrell, I think that you've made a massive mistake. Like, Owen Farrell's <laughs> definitely better than George Ford. Owen Farrell also plays 10 and 12 and is a captain, which Jared pointed out about hoops earlier, which is clearly important. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, I found that very interesting. I mean, I'll be honest yeah, with I'm, I'm, you. If I'm, I was taking a 10 I'm, out of England, I'd be taking Farrell.
2: Sean, I do agree with you. We can get the London Butch and James back in a, back in a spring. Back <laughs> because, yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Did not expect that, but well done. <laughs> Let's go through a few others quickly. Um, ben Nurse writes, I think, Air Force um, in the north City AM. He's a big sale fan. In City AM. Ah, is he the source? No, never mind. So he, he says sure. that he, um uh, no. with England Wrong and Uruguay. Person. Wrong
2: person. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but England would get Santiago Arata, who's um, a great um, 9 for Castro. He, he's really right up there with the best nines in the world and then uruguay would get themselves george Ford. i mean great news for england because the number nine is also a position they look shaky in um but yeah i mean they would probably not be willing to transfer a route if they can help it what do you think jared
2: yep yeah, i i think it's a fair trade-off in in the sense that they probably need a, a 10 to boss their uh game so I th- I think England are the big winners here because they get to keep Farrell and get Arata So um overall I think it's I think it's uh, like a decent trade-off where both teams are getting stronger in one position and a little bit weaker in the other.
0: Two transfers involving Len Ekital, um, both going to with him going to England. So one from um at Anomoyikwa. He has Lenny Kital going to England and Courtney Laws going to Australia. Regan Smith has Lenny Kittar going to England and Freddie Stewart, again, fullback, going to Australia. Cooks has um, Jordy Barrett coming to South Africa and the All Blacks getting Peter Steff to Toy. Uh, I think, Sean, that's probably one of the more, more balanced ones there. Both players probably in that war class bracket, both filling a need for the two countries. Yes, Jordy Barrett has yeah you know, he has something there where you think he really could have played for in another life. Mm. Yeah, I,
1: it was that was a that was a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. I think the big thing. I think England need a nine. Um, so that would be like the, like uh, as Australia need a fifteen. I think England need a nine. They're getting by at the moment, but but yeah, there was there was some some good ones. I I did enjoy enjoy those. Um, I would. I know. I put a different one down, but I was thinking. Now, nah, I think England need to get Aaron Smith. And you know what the Kiwis could really use is a Manu Tuilagi at
2: twelve. Mm. Yeah, they've they've just sign sign for Cashres so they won't even him, They won't even pick him. No, Jack Goodhue, man.
0: <laughs> oh. <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what Fair the hell? I
2: know. So,
1: Jared, can we talk about that? Because I mean, Jack Goodhue is like the best rugby player
2: the world has ever seen, according to Jared.
1: Why have they let him go?
2: Mate, they fired their uh, coach before the Rugby World Cup. Like, we could... there's there's a reason he's not getting picked. Like, you are deflecting we, again. we can't talk about you're deflecting I'm not again. deflecting. I'm just saying. We we, we, we <laughs> you want to talk about the decision of a coach who's being fired before his uh, contract runs out? They've already hired somebody else to replace him. They didn't do like Eddie Jones with England and get rid, like show him the door straight away. And you're going to ask what, what what has led to this? It's because he didn't have Jack Goodhue, and when he did have Jack Goodhue, he didn't pick him. So. It, that's why he's not getting picked, and that's why Ian Foster is leaving.
1: Okay. That was a, you weren't <laughs> deflecting. That was a very good explanation. But
2: yeah. So um, <laughs> well,
1: Ian
0: Foster's stupid. That's the reason.
1: And what happens if Goodye comes was back, it? smashes stuff down at twelve, wins the World Cup with the all blacks? Then they're gonna be looking for like one of those machines to take you back in time.
2: God knows. I I can tell you now that Razor is not happy that could, that Goodhue's could leaving. That that that's for sure. He mm. would have definitely played him. You would have probably seen Jordy Barrett and Jack Goodhue playing uh, for the All Blacks, which is what Razor wanted when he was at uh, Canterbury and just didn't get right. Hmm. Interesting.
0: So let's finish this off. So, Sean, you've got um, the Springboks getting Villalaroo. I mean, the uh, England game Villalaroo. And the Springboks getting their longtime nemesis Mario Toje. What's the thinking behind that one? Um,
1: I, I like Freddie Stewart at fifteen, but I think he's um, they need that other attacking option because they'll probably move away from the playmaker 10, 12, playmaker, playmaker. So I think they could really use like Villy's attacking vibe at fifteen. I don't think Freddie Stewart brings that. That was that thought process. And the other one was Fair it enough. was be- it was between Marrow and 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 Farrell, to be fair, but I didn't want to set the whole world on fire by, by making Farrell the one. But I thought I'd only half set the world on fire with Itoje. What i it, I mean, it's not like we short on locks and everything, but we do love someone that can play lock and blindside, but he will comfortably fit in. Imagine imagine Etzebeth and Itoje playing together. Just imagine. Like they probably won't like if the option was there, but just imagine the chaos. Imagine how, how, how we would sort, if we could start both of them in, in the Springbok team, it would be incredible. It really would. Uh, he's got like, you, people don't, uh, don't love the Pearl so much, um, outside of England, but he's a bloody good rugby player and he really dominates. Um, imagine, but yeah, that's my thought process.
0: Okay. And then a few final ones. Cameron um, Queening had um Itzabeth going to France and we getting Roman Tamak. And then finally, Jared Slattery has Island getting Jean Clay. Oh, mm, <laughs> that's a bit awkward. So <laughs> it's one that to finish the it Best all. tweet of the lot. Oh, I love that. <laughs>
1: oh. Incredible. And Tali, you absolutely nailed it on your delivery as well. Well done.
0: Shame. Poor, poor Irish fans. Thank you for thank you for that. So let us get into um the test week we have south africa facing australia on saturday at loftus asphalt you know two teams that basically are evenly matched in terms of their historical record um recently australia's played the springboks three times well four times actually in australia they've won three and lost one in this world cup cycle so the springboks do have a bit of an issue against them because this is their first game in the last four years that they're facing australia in south africa springboks have already selected their squad as we know, they do it quite early in the week. So they we really have the Springboks squad. And I'm going to start with you, Sean. And you can tell me which of the players that are not usual um, uh, regulars for the Springboks are you most looking forward to seeing on Saturday? Slash, or if you want to answer this, which player do you think has the most to prove that's not a regular for um, the Springboks? Hmm. <clears>
1: hmm. <throat> Sure, I might have to do some deflecting here. Um, <laughs> one thing I will say is when when we first did this in 2019, and we're doing it now, we definitely have a stronger group now than then. That's how I feel. Looking at the teams, like you can look at the team names against the Wallabies and go, "Hmm, that's pretty damn competitive." So, right, um, who has a point to prove? I think. I, I'm very surprised and very excited at the nines that they've announced with, with, with uh, Reinach and Williams. So, we've got two very speedy nines. It's almost like one of them are going to have to put their hand up, and Reinach's obviously going to have, have the front runner because uh, he's starting. So, essentially, what they're saying is, Reinach, we need to show off your kicking game. And I know Jared was speaking about it earlier. Reinach's got a, a lot to prove. I think. It's between him and Willemser who goes um, having that speedy nine. And it's going to come down to the kicking um, because, you know, that's essentially what happens with our, with, our, with our game plan. Our nines are doing so many so many kicks. So that, that, that's who's got a point to prove. Other than that, I'm super excited to see LeBock. If, if I had my way, LeBoc would start every test match leading up to the World Cup so he can get tests under the belt. And, we can work, we can iron over the issues because there will be issues. It's new game plan, new setup, new everything. It's not got anything to do with him as a player. It's got to do with just look at how many backline players, how long that took to get used to our situation. So, you know, that's what I I wanted to do, but it's not going to happen. And the other person that has got a point to prove is Vilimsa because just judging by the squads and everything that was announced, it really looks like they're focusing on him as a 10. He has to start for us. And you know, my thoughts on him going as a second choice 10, I just very interested to see what happens. We also have to play him at 10 because in an emergency he's got to play 10. So it'll be stupid not to. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of where I am. And I'm obviously excited to see Jean Klein, Klein have a go. Especially after this comment these comments that he made, and I think Ireland is just festering at the moment. I think Munster, all the Munster fans are very in a very dark place at the moment.
0: Jared, and then the same question to you. Um, Sean's mentioned right now having maybe something to prove or maybe something you can even look at it as something to gain from um, a good performance here and um, being excited to see money um, Lebock in your on your side, Jared.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's quite a few players that have uh, saying to prove. Um, Sean Klein's obviously, a, a standout one because he's making his debut. But also uh, for Marco van Staden, he's earning his first um, start for the Springboks. So there's definitely one. I think Marvin Ori also has a little bit to prove um, if he's going to solidify his place in the squad. Um, I think the same applies to Andre Esterhaisen. Um, and probably Thomas Suttoy and Joseph Dweber as well and to a degree even Ruiz, Um I really thought that at my initial thoughts when start. they said they're going to split the squads is that this is a game that Rus would start and they might even push yeah. Vermeulen to, to the side. But yeah, it, it just sort of shows you where um, the box thinking are with Rus is that Dwayne and Jasper are going to be our two eights going to the World Cup and it's it's just going to be that way. And Ivans there as as a backup in case one of them get injured. So yeah, I, I think, uh, any chance that, uh, Ruiz gets from the bench, he's going to have to take a big time. Um, because yeah, we, we, we've got somebody like Dion free on the bench. Who's also played six, eight, and he also is going to cover two for us. So yeah, I think any time that Ruiz gets on the pitch, he's going to have to make a big impact. Um, with, with whatever time he gets given.
1: I'm, I'm very interested in the back line that if you look at our nine, nine, 10, they, they don't, it's the first time they're playing together. Our 10, 12, like it's the first time they're playing together. 12, 13, not so much, but they're not used to each other. Um, and, um, it's very like that, that interests me, like how it's our first test of the year. Um, there's so much happening, split squad, blah, blah, blah. And then we rolling out a side that really don't, they've never had cohesion, the backline, they've never had cohesion because they've never really played together. So I think I was actually chatting to someone yesterday and they were like, well, what can we expect? And it's really hard for us as Springbok fans, but we really need to kind of just sit back and enjoy the game and don't go crazy about it, you know, like. I know what's going to happen on Saturday. Everyone's going to be like, no, he can't play. He, he's just played himself out of the squad. He's terrible, blah, 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 because someone's dropped a ball or had a, an average game or, you know, you know those comments. But anyway, but I, I'm interested about that because I, I would really like our backline to work. We've, this backline has got a lot. You know, there's a lot of potential there. And um, I'm just worried that it, it stutters a little bit. So I'm hoping that it doesn't stutter for too long.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the backline performs. I mean, on paper, it is an exciting backline. Um, I'd also like to officially welcome Vili LaRue to the premier um, uh, uh, South African team um, in, in the URC, the Bulls. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Bulls, Vili. I am going to delete all my slander tweets on you. You are more than welcome to the team. Please unblock me. He's, I think, the, one of the few people that are of prominence that actually care about. this. Okay, I was to, wilding. To tell, please tell us the story. I think I've, I've talked about this before, but LaRue was doing absolutely crazy things on the field um, in the mid-2010s. And I probably said something that I shouldn't have said, called him, probably called him like the who's Hoosier or something like that. And he didn't like that and he blocked me. So I apologize for all of that, Vili. Oh. You are an amazing player, a Springbok legend. You should play 100 <laughs> test matches. And I'm very excited for you to join us at Loftus. We need oh. you more than anything. Because you're flipping, relying on Johan Cruyff all the whole time. Um, so yeah, very excited to see that back three. And look, I think anytime a Springbok fly is being tested out, there's not really a test for them unless they have Willie Leroux at fifteen. So it's going to be great to see how Labock and and Willie play with um, and combine with each other. And to have that person almost you know being able to backseat drive you um, in the game as well is going to be. Good. So, it's, look, there's a good chance for LeBoc because he's got experience around him. I mean, Reinhardt has, I think, probably about 30 odd caps now for the Springboks. LaRue, obviously, has got a world of experience. Estezen doesn't have a lot of Bach experience, but, you know, he's played for many years um, in senior rugby. So, it's a, and Lucano Am, which um, is, is, a, is a good addition to this team. I think there's enough experience for LeBoc to have a good measure as to, you know, whether he's, you know, up there or not. These three matches are probably going to, okay, let's say four matches with the Argentina game. They're probably going to decide those last few places in the squad and what the picking orders are. And for Lebog, there's a good opportunity for him to um, stake his claim. Because I think as we've talked about in the last few weeks, it's probably a shootout between himself and Alton Yankees. If Lebog doesn't look like he's up for it, then Yankees probably goes and vice versa. Then the other one is Marco van Staden, like Jared said. like I'm really looking forward to his play and the opportunity that he has because obviously the Kolisi situation, it looks like he's coming back, but just in case he doesn't, we need to um, sort out what we do at number six. He probably himself has a bit of a shootout with Jan Faree. and Ferri probably has the inside track because he can cover many positions. He played well at the end of last year. So for Van Staden, there's a big opportunity for him to stake his claim because there's in all likelihood he's not gonna go with John Ferry. It's probably an either or situation. So he has a good game, then yeah, that 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 could be um, that could be key for him. Sean.
1: I was um I was actually gonna move into the forwards. I was just while you were talking about everyone there and I was having a look. <laughs> Our lock pairing of clan and Ori, is probably the most tackle machine pair ever, ever assembled. Those two, they tackle for days. We're going to need it on Saturday. Cause I think, I think Eddie's going to put, send the big boys down the middle all day, but my word, those two can tackle. They are, they must be, I think they are actually third and fourth um, in the URC tackle stat, uh, tackle tackle numbers, most tackles completed, but just I mean flip, it's going to be ridiculous. There's oxen are just going to be crushing people all day, on weight
0: Jared, just to bring you back in here, what I mean, we had the news today that Oxen um is um, out for this weekend and out for the rugby championship with a pictorial injury. And Stephen Kitzolf is coming into the team, so obviously for Saturday, Kitzolf <laughs> not a bad replacement at all. But Nche being out for the Rugby Championship and now maybe a few questions about him for the Rugby World Cup that probably exposes a, a position that we haven't maybe thought about that m- might have a depth issue, which is loosehead prop. And the Springboks have called up Klaas Pieterse to come into the team. Klaas from the Bulls. Um, you know, starts for the balls most games played. I think the most minutes out of any prop, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, what do you think about the depth at Lucid? Loose, at loose
2: yeah, um, we 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 always talk about our sp- our swing props and uh, how Trevor uh, and Thomas DeToy can sort of cover loosehead and Tarted, and that like it serves us so well. But the the fact of the matter is, is that the two of them both play uh, both play Tarted at. Um, club level so they spend the entire season playing tarted and then have to switch to loose head. and all props will tell you that tarted is the, the more difficult position to play and switching from tarted to loose head a lot easier so I, th- I think it's i think it's good that they've brought Camp in because we definitely need to have a look at that um at that depth um that that depth behind our swing props because it's all good and well to have those swing props but what what if you get the injuries with your swing uh, swing props kind of thing? Then then what do you do? So yeah, I, I I think it's a decent call. Um, I thought it was a surprising one, and then when I because I have seen him play, and I, I I thought he was quite decent um throughout the season. But then when I went and I had a look at his stats and compared it to the rest of the South African loose props, he's comfortably within that uh, that top four conversation. His stats. To a degree, are quite similar to Thomas Toys and um, Stephen Kitsos in, in the URC, which is very impressive um, in itself. And he doesn't give away too many penalties, um, which is always a, a good sign for a prop. Like, yeah, I, I think he gave away fourteen in his uh, seventeen matches, which sounds like a lot, but it for for a prop, it's it's really really not.
0: Yeah, I th- it's going to be interesting. I mean. They didn't pick um, Tutukom Tunu, who mm. was involved in the Springbok setup last season and played in that um, test match against Wales, uh, which is, I think, a little bit of a risk if, um, let's say, Nček can't make it, which means Tiankap has to get on board with the team quite soon uh, because yeah. he'll be then one of the six props that are taken to the World Cup. and Tunu already has that relationship with Bonambi with Thomas Tutoy. So it is, I found it very interesting. I was quite surprised on it, uh, about it, if I'm honest. Um, but like you said, and you said out in your great thread, I mean, Sienkamp isn't a bad player, and that's not a, a, a knock on Sienkamp. And I mean, it's probably pretty much margins between the two of them, similar ages. Not, yeah. I mean, not too different as well in terms of their playing style. I mean, Mkuno's a lot, a lot better dynamic ball carrier. He used to play number eight as I'm sure a commentator says every weekend he plays. Um, Stian Kamp, you know, if you his, heard his ruck, he hits his rucks. <laughs> 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 oh, my word. If I hit one more. But yeah. yeah, I think they, they, they're not too dissimilar yeah. in their profile. But interesting to see they're picking Stian Kamp. I mean, look, as a Bulls fan, I'm, I'm again just happy that he's going to be with Don Human for the next few weeks. So yeah. that, that's also a big win for, for them as well.
2: But he, he, he would have worked with Don already, wouldn't he have? Yeah. What I'm interested about is Steenekamp's going uh,
1: straight to New Zealand. So
2: he's, yeah. they've obviously so they- kept
1: Nyakane down here, and he'll he'll be able to help and assist um, if there's any other further issues. Because um, with the split squad, um, they've kept Herschel Yanchis, Alton Yanchis, and Trevor Nyakane back. So they're back in South Africa staying and they will fly out, I think on Sun on Saturday night. So on Saturday night, the coaches leave and go join up with the other group in New Zealand. So they can have a full week of training. And then the rest of the other guys will leave on Sunday, I believe. But anyway, sorry, I digress, but he's going straight. He leaves, he's left already. They left today. They're off to New Zealand now. So that's a massive, uh, that's a massive shout. Like, he's going to be there so he is it's not like he's been brought in to help and and scrum and just kind of be there to provide support like he's in with a realistic chance of starting if there's
2: a wobble somewhere no for sure but uh I, like i explained on the um on the chat is that uh, you do need uh a prop cover for loose head and tarted outside yeah. of your match day 23 for these matches and yes. yeah I, th- I think he's uh, pretty much an out and out loose head where trevor is covering for Lucid and tarted yes. Yes, yes we've got Dutoy toy doing that but what happens if if Dutoy toy is the one that has to pull out of the match for, for whatever reason or toy goes into the starting lineup and you've left the, the uh, tarted behind so so yeah uh I, th- I think that's sort of where the thinking is with that. And yeah, they probably had a, they had kids off plane ticket and they needed to to fill it. So they just put in Kherap there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a
0: travel agent has worked very quickly.
1: Do you think he's got to dye his hair red and try and uh, pass as
2: the spicy plum? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> uh, as long as he's not going over as Dian Rheilung, then, uh, then it's all good. You see, you
1: also chose <laughs> violence today with that tweet, eh? Just fill everyone in with why, uh, why what you did and said, because you did choose, chose violence. I might also I might also add, there's starting to become a nice little, little spice here. Tyler, you've been very outspoken about the bulls, and I love that you that you're in the groove. Jared, he's still undercover bull supporter, but every chance he gets, he does take the little stab. And this was like a big step. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Talk to me. I, I, I did enjoy this one. I, I, I tweeted, I think everyone is just a bit concerned about Gerard Stjankamp, um because of that one time we picked an inexperienced Tess Lucet from the Bulls <laughs> to go to New, <laughs> New Zealand. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of Springbok fans will remember it, but uh, just Kraling uh, um, absolutely assaulting Richie McCall, who was on the wrong side of the rack. we must be fair, but... Yeah, <laughs> right in the referee's view, <laughs> assaulted at him. And somehow got a yellow card for it. If we, yeah. And uh, he got slapped with a nice handy suspension afterwards, but uh, maybe lucky that we got a, just a yellow card for that. But we still lost the match. So, so anyway. <laughs> Bye. And that, I think, was his only test match. Yeah, I think he got three test caps. Oh, goodness. Or, oh, goodness. I, I think that was his last one, but I think he got three.
0: Oh my word. Look, you don't trust a man whose name is MacGyver. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that, his that was mistake number one. Uh, that was mistake yeah, number one from the Springboks. Like, his actual name is MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy. But yeah, he did play three tests for the Springboks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's that's quite, like, I think you're quite right with that, Jared. And just quickly for everyone's benefit, the Springboks traveling to New Zealand, according to Dylan Jack would be, well, Kitzov's not going anymore. So now, Khera Sienkamp, Malcolm Marks, Eben Ezebeth, Um, I think still probably doing more rehab than expected to play. Um, Lodiaga, Franco Mostert, um, Jean-Luc Dupre, Wacha Smith, Faftaglag, Ch- Cheson Colby, Marko Pimpi, um, Damon Dialendi, Jesse Creel, and Sia Kulisi. So most of these players, with the, part, with the exception of Elizabeth and Kulisi, are probably um, going to be starting if not in the twenty three for the for for the New Zealand game. Sean?
1: I am super surprised at one name there, and that's Jean Luc Not because hmm. I don't think the not because of his ability or form or anything. It's just he's never really been in that sort of group in the eyes of the Springbok coaching community for a while. Like he's always been on the hmm. fringes but he's never been in this group. He's never been in in this a, in, in inverted commas A team. So I was very surprised to see that. And I'm super happy to see it because he's really, him, all the Depres have been doing so well um, in, uh, in England. Um, and there's no doubt that he deserves it. So, and you're right. He's going to, I'm almost sure he's going to, those guys are going to start. Um, the other thing, and now I'm going to choose a bit of violence, but I'm, pretty confident that with Alton not being named at 10 or 22 for the Springboks this weekend, he will start against the All Blacks.
2: No, I don't see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah. No, I I, I think uh, he's he's literally been brought into the squad as injury cover and the only way he starts a test match against the All Blacks is if Vilimsa and uh, Libok get injured. And that's the only way he starts it. I think uh, Vilimsa will start the next test match against the All Blacks at Flauve with Libok on the bench. I really do think that's going to happen. Uh, Yankees will travel. I,
1: I'm very I'm concerned that Vilimsa is on the bench this week. I really am. Because if he was fit, like properly fit, he would go, he would go, he would go off. Uh, he'd be uh, with the group going to New Zealand and he would start at 10. That's how I saw it. So Yanchis is probably there for a couple of work-ons and a few other goodies, but in case uh if there's an issue there. Um, so I'm I'm a bit worried about that. I I, I understand that Yanchis doesn't, um, isn't player 23 when it comes to our 6-2 split. So there's, there's that. It's just, it's a very interesting call that all of our fly halves are in South Africa. <laughs> but um obviously <laughs> Yankees hasn't played, so that that's okay. Um but I it I don't know. It's very interesting. It's an interesting move.
2: What was Damian Willems' injury, by the way? Uh I th- I think it was I think it was a knee or something like that, and it was in Springbok camp. I, I wanna say knee, but I, I don't think that's right. And- Okay. It was that
0: bicycle kick he did with the medicine boy. <laughs> I told you, I told you, I told, I warned everybody, I told you that's not the kind of stuff you want to be doing. I warned you.
1: <laughs> don't get me started.
0: Yeah. Look, I, Sean, I, I, I don't, I, I think he has a chance of maybe being in the 23. Look, like you said, Sean, my ideal would be LeBoc starting all three matches and then we know whether he's up to the standard or not for um, the Springboks and for the Rugby World Cup. Is to say to him, you have basically 180 minutes in these next three matches. Play well enough, manage the game plan, do all the things that you do for the Stormers and for the, um, for the Stormers. Then the jersey is yours. You're going to be basically our number 10 for mm. the Romania and Tonga games mixing and matching with, um, Willimsa and Yankees. I don't think that gives us any like benefit really, because we know what Vilimsa can do at 10. We know he's at least an able replacement. He's a good sort of emergency option. He can play 10 off the bench. And with, um, Elton, we obviously know how, how he's been in his last 49 mm. caps. So I would love it if LeBoc play all of those games. Um, yeah, just to go back a few steps to the Jean um, Jean-Luc Dupriya thing, it's interesting that the Springboks. I think they the first initial new um, release from the camp was that it would be a full A team B team um, that was going to play these two matches, and it's good that they've gone gone for more of a mix, just to also give um, the B team and in the vertical a bit more of a, a a more realistic opportunity for them to prove themselves. So. Lubach playing um, next to Corbus Reinach is much better than him playing next to Grant Williams. You know, that there's experience around him. Andre Esterhuisen and has Lucanio Am next to him. Marco van Staden has Peter Stefti and Dwayne Vermeulem at the back. So that gives a better chance for people to see whether a player is, you know, t- I mean, should be in the Rugby World Cup squad or should be, you know, the second choice or the third choice, whatever the case is. And I think that's the same thing they're doing with Jean-Luc Dupré. Is he'll probably um be number eight uh, number seven with um Visa and Kwaka Smith you know uh, as actually a loose trade that doesn't have that much experience. maybe Peter Steff will be on the bench, and the chance for Jean Luc is look, you're playing Shannon frazal or whoever plays number six for the All Blacks. This is your opportunity to outplay someone away from home in a big test match and prove that you um have the have the capacity to to do that. So I think that's a great opportunity for Jean-Luc next week. But yeah, just coming back to this week. So the Springboks inadvertently with the chair Injury have got close to their first choice um, front row um, playing on Saturday. Well, the one that they usually start with, which is Kitzel from Bonambi and Malherba. Then, I mean, as we talked about, the locks are two tackling machines. Marvin Ari doesn't usually play, um, you know, he usually plays number five. So his lineup calling and his combination, Bonambi, is going to be interesting. Both of them play together the Stormers, so there should be a connection there. The loose trio, Jared, I think the one criticism people have of the forward pack is the loose trio seems a little bit slow on foot. I mean, Dwayne Vermeulem isn't 28 anymore. Uh, Peter Steff and Marco Vastaro aren't the most mobile people ever. And, I mean, the Wallabies probably are going to pick some combination of Hooper. Latini, Samu, and maybe um a bolter that's been wounded as to Tom Hooper. We're gonna talk yeah. about the wannabes in a few moments. Hooper Hooper, yeah. So you've been worried about that? Yeah, there might be a double hooper.
2: Mm, I, I I'm not too concerned, to be honest. Um, we do lose a little bit of pace um out out in the trams, uh, where uh normie is uh operating there, but I uh, yeah, we're probably gonna have detoy um playing out like that for uh, on attack. So yeah, uh, Dutoy has got a flip a massive engine on him, even if it's not the the fastest engine. But his his handling and skills are actually quite underrated. So I, th- I think he'll be okay. Um, yeah, we've got we've we've got a very grafting pack. Which uh, if if you look at it that way, like, Vermeulen picks his moments of of when he when he's going to um, go for the for the jackal or how. Uh, Close to the action, he's going to be when when making tackles and that kind of thing. So he reserves his energy. But if if you look at the rest of the pack, they they very very hard working. kitsoff is going to uh, Kitsov and Malherbe and Bongi all rack up big tackle numbers for front rowers. Uh, Klein and Ori, uh, Sean mentioned just now, they actually the top two tackling um, locks in the URC this season. And then Marco also charges around uh, the pitch like a fucking jack Russell headless so, chicken yeah <laughs> yeah headless chicken so so yeah i i i think they we preset we've got a pretty hard working pack even though it's not um the quickest uh back row we've we've ever had or uh pack in general but yeah we do have a little bit of pace um in Furry, rus and and snaiman off of the bench so, so yeah. I'm not too concerned about the pace of the t- of the pack, but it's definitely got good physicality and a hell of a lot of graft in it, which which does that speedy background great will do do it great things for that.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, Mark van Staden. We know that the Wallabies, at least in the rainy era, they racking left a lot to be desired. So mm. if van Staden has a good opportunity there to cause some chaos, and yeah, like you said, Dutoy will be is. Easy- Pretty decent in the trams, if not quite good. Dwayne, I think it does have a bit to prove himself. I mean, as we've talked about with when you talk about Evan Ross, like, you know, if if it's not the most convincing match from from him and he's captain this weekend, and Russ has a storm off the bench, oh, it could it could get a bit late for the senior citizen there. But let's move to the back line. I mean <laughs> I mean that with all respect. And <laughs> Ryanak and Libok are combining together. Um Lib- I think the sorry. Ah, guys, come on. I'm I think with, with the with the back line, Andre Esthazen has also a good opportunity for himself to 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 make a claim. I don't think we've talked about him as much in the podcast so far, but I mean, sure, we know how good Esthazen has been in um in, in, in Harlequin's colors. He probably hasn't had a, you know, the test match, you know, the breakout test match that says, Hey, I am test a test level player. But it's all set up for him. I mean, he's got, you know, the closest we have in South Africa to a Marcus Smith at least. And he's got Lukanya, um, his old um, mate in the, from the Sharks. It'll be interesting. And he probably is facing um, Samo Kerevi at 12 for the Australians. So no, what, are you, what Hodge. are you looking forward to seeing from him? Is it going um, to be Reece
1: Hodge? I believe uh is going to be benched after coming back from injury. So I think Hodge is going to take the 12. But hmm. um, that's all speculation. We'll find uh, when when we do drop this pod it'll be known anyway, so but yeah, you know the thing is the reason why people aren't really talking about Estherzen as much this year as they were last year is just because he, he didn't have the same year with Quins, and Quins didn't perform uh, like that so, uh, like they did the year before, so that's the only reason why um so but but you're right he he's <clears throat> It's so weird, like when guys are trying to when guys are trying to break into the Springbok setup, like and play slightly out of their mold because they need to fill a mold that is taken by someone, so they don't really get to let their hair down and play their own game. Whereas now with Lubbock, we understand that, uh, and with a couple of other players, we're starting to see that. Like you can't. It's the age-old South African problem: square peg, round hole kind of stuff. Um, but you're right in that, in the balance of the backline, the the experience balance. There's you, I, I have mentioned it a few times and I'm always about like, if you're having a bad game and you, you're just new, you're a newbie, you're, you're still a bit green and you've got to look left or right and you've got to have someone that can help you. And the whole backline has got that. They've got someone on somewhere either side of them that has experience. And that's, that's the key part for me. So, we could be onto something with this back line, but it's the first test and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but it's must be having a game and you've got to translate your club form and your club, uh, the, the form that made everyone sit up and take notice of you again into test match rugby. The problem is, is we've got six games. So we're really running out of time. Um, but he's got to have that game. Like it, People are saying that he needs to play instead of Damien Delendy, but he hasn't, he hasn't realistically, that's an opinion thing as opposed to a, to a form in a Springbok Jersey thing. So you, you've really got to, you've got to play really well to put pressure on, on the current 12. So this is that time. Um, but I'm looking forward to it because he's, he's, you know, there's a lot more to his game and with that, Ten, twelve thirteen that we that we we're running out with on Saturday there's wow that it, just imagine if that just comes off half <laughs> it would be ridiculous
2: yeah i'm I, I'm trying to remember who who um posted it, but i saw, I saw the one comment that we've got the best distributing um background, and we probably have fielded this entire um World cup cycle and and it's pretty on point. like esther is in distribution game. Yeah, I think it was AP. Uh, Esteson's distributing game is is immensely underrated. He's incredibly good at uh, getting the ball away, and yeah, you know, it it worked nicely for Quinns at times. Um, the season when they tried to get Marcus Smith in a bit of extra space, and he, he's got some bullet passes on him.
1: Unpopular opinion, but I'll be honest with you, and we've all seen it. Just no one's really willing to die on the hill. But Damien Daly's got an epic pass both sides so I don't it goes down that. to it goes down to what is required on the day and how and what sort of game plan is needed we do have we do we absolutely have one of the best attacking um back lines but i was having a chat with someone um yesterday where they were talking about having um shit what was it it was uh um <clears throat> hendrix at nine LeBoc at ten Willemsa at 12, I'm at 15, um, Kirtley Arenser at sorry, I'm at 13, Kirtley Arens at 15, and Ches and Colby and and uh Moody. And they were just like, oh, this is just running, running. And I'm like, Well, you can't just run. You need in the back line, especially you need someone that's gonna straighten it up and truck it up. Like you can't just have guys wanting to do it. So Willemsa does straighten, to be fair. Like he doesn't he doesn't seek contact. He seeks to step, but it's the same, it's the same situation. He ends up in the same place. It's just he stepped three people to get there. So it's, it's interesting. So I'm, you know me, me. I just want balance. So I don't think Esterhazen is <laughs> going to be distributing a lot, especially in the beginning. He's going to have to take it mm. up. You're going to have to run some basic setups, some basic moves. Um, I think Lukanya, I might carry a little bit as well um, as, as which would, which is normal to be fair. Um, but just until everyone just gets into the groove, you know, you've got to kind of get into it and how are the Wallabies going to approach the game? You know, is Eddie Jones going to be like, cool. Those guys are, they're, they're a B team and they're not, but they're a different side. They're, they've never played together this, this, and this. So if we go up and get in their face and rush up on them, we rattle them. They don't get in the game. So you know, there's, there's that we've got to kind of deal with too.
0: I think, Sean, you've just led us into maybe the discussion of the other side. So opponents, the Wallabies, um, they announced a squad that had a few interesting additions concerning their um, uh, players that they are coming back from um, rehab, uh, from injury rehab, such as Salmo Kriavy, um, Angus Ball, and Taniela Tupo that have traveled with to South Africa. Jared, there was a few whispers about it being a squad that could have as much as four debutantes, mm-hmm. um, including Tom Hooper at, um, at loose, loose forward, um, Zane Nongo, the the Queensland prop as well. Yeah, I, not, it's, it's, I would never want to try to predict what Eddie Jones will want to do. I've failed at that <laughs> many times trying to predict his England teams. But Jared, you may. What are what are the tea leaves saying to you? What do you think? We're recording this before the squad gets announced. But yeah, what 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 what's your sense as as to what he is doing, and yeah, what what the what the media saying?
2: Yep, I, I find it funny. Everyone will say like you you can't really predict what Eddie's is gonna do, um, but he. he- Sorry, I I I find it funny that people try and say you can't predict what he's going to do, but he tells you in the in the media conferences uh, he's coming for a smash and grab job. So for me, when you're talking about a smash and grab, he's he's going to name a big pack. Um, he's going to make a uh, name a brace of pack. Um, and yeah, he's he's going to name a, a big physical team, and he's going to yeah. look at guys that that are lethal. So. Like when you look at the wingers, um I I, I think is gonna be the one. Um I said yeah. earlier in the week that Andrew Killaway will probably be the other the other Bunivali is gonna start. I see um yeah, I see, I see the Raw have mm. have put their their team out and uh Bunivali is gonna gonna take up the one wing. And uh yeah, he's he's pretty damn lethal as well. So yeah, I, I think they're gonna name a heavy pack. They're going to name a abrasive pack. And they're going to look for guys that are going to take opportunities when they're there. And I mean, somebody like Reese Hodge, that he's a very big, uh, very big backline player for Australia in particular. And I he, he's probably been underutilized at 12. And it does not surprise me that Eddie's throwing him in at 12. And he's going to probably play Len Ikita outside of him, which makes complete sense. So so yeah, that's, that's sort of where I can see uh, Eddie going. We're going to get well skeleton starting, that's almost a, a given. And from what I've seen of this Tom Hooper, it's gonna make things very difficult with Tom Hooper and Michael Hooper both in the back lines. <laughs> well in the in the back row. So so yeah, I th- I th- that's it, that's what I think Eddie's gonna do. And uh yeah, I I, I think he's gonna name a big uh, strong squad and yeah, somebody like Tupo is gonna probably be coming out of the cold and into the match day twenty-three in a test match at Loftus.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it says in this article that the that Christy Dorn wrote that he's hasn't he he's, he hasn't really started scrumming yet or he hasn't scrummed that much um, since coming back from his Achilles injury. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a big ask for him. Uh, and yeah, I think there's a possibility that they go Alatoa and Nongo to to cover tight end. but um, Angus Bell does look like he might actually play a part because there's a injury concern for James Slipper. Um he had a training mishap as they as they say. And yeah, like you said, Reece Sarge twelve, Sulivunivalu. I, I still don't know what he does well at eleven <laughs> and Carter Gordon um at at, at at as a reserve ten um with um Rory Arnold um there on the bench as well. Or Rich, wait, Rory or Richie, I'm not sure. Richie yeah. Um Sean is a Richie, my yeah. bad. Sean, what do you think or how do you think the the Wallabies play? I mean As Jared said, Eddie Jones does leave a few clues in the media. Do you look at maybe what England was trying to do near the end? Like how, if you're Jacques Nino, but trying to plan for Saturday, how, what do you plan for on Saturday?
1: Eddie Jones, I feel will be, uh, will be putting the big boys. uh, That's where I think he's going to be doing it. So in terms of, we mentioned smash and grab, I think he's going to be doing a lot of smashing. I think we're going to have a lot of big boys a lot of the time coming at us. So there's that. The Vunivalu bit interests me because I'm just scared of Eddie Jones. Like <laughs> what's he what's he doing? What's what's the plan? Um, he's gonna have a plan. He's gonna try something somewhere. So that that's the thing. Like Vunivalu hasn't really set the world on fire since making the move over to union. Um he, you know, there was all talk of him like absolutely dominating for the wallabies and he fell out of favor. He's back in the mix now. Is this his like last chance to loon or does Eddie Jones think that he's gonna just kind of cement him in in the in the starting lineup and close that gap and work on a plan? Um Karevi coming off the bench kind of also shows that we're gonna just have big stuff. Coming at us all day. Um, that's going to last a long way through. So, yeah, Jared mentioned earlier about how much our, uh, about the pack and the work rate and all that. That's going to be needed. Um, and we are going to be sore after this game. I'm a little bit worried about um, our uh, about Erus and um, Damn it, free. Sure. Apologies. Ruiz and Fari coming off the God bench, Faree, yeah. not because they, um, like Fari uh, does a lot of work. The thing is, is is like he's there, he's going to be nonstop tackling. So he's not really going to have too much of a chance to kind of pilfer. Ruiz showed in the cup final um, that he really can tighten things up. So um, I was initially worried, but I can talk myself out of being worried by having looked at what these guys are available and able to do. But I don't think we're going to be seeing too much expansive play from our um, – I think we're going to be tackling all the time. So we won't really be seeing too much of like what Ruiz can do in the tram lines. I don't feel we'll be having that opportunity. Um, I'm hoping we will. I'm hoping that we we click and we tackle the hell out of them for 40 minutes and, and, and get like 17 points out of it um, and keep them away from the try line, tie them out, make them doubt things, make them figure out you know, make them realize that, you know, they are going to be sucking through a straw at Loftus, that altitude does matter. Um, and uh, and then the crowd can pile on Eddie Jones and the Wallabies like everyone loves to. You know, that's, that's my thought.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, it's also been interesting just seeing the media coverage about this game coming up on Saturday. It seems like South African fans... Always surprise themselves, saying, "Oh, this Wallaby team might be tough, even though we have a losing record against them in the last few years." Um, yeah, it's. But when you talk about how these two teams are set up, I mean, Zavka, I mean, yes, it's not a full B team like the Wales game, but it's a let's say a B plus team. Like, there's a few first choice players, but it's largely a team full of second choice players. And Australia are playing a team that has completely. You know, new combinations, possibly some a few debutants, a new coach, possibly a new game plan or simpler game plan as well. And also on the South African side of things, you have to consider that for a few of the players, like for example, Lucano, um, they haven't played rugby since May because you know their teams got knocked out quite early in the URC and the Champions Cup. Balance all of these things together and maybe we can start making predictions on on this. Jared, I don't know. I mean, I think I am leaning towards a Springbok victory, but I'm not too sure what to make or how to think about this match. There's a lot of unknowns about, you know, how these two teams will play, which team will be maybe the rustier team or which team will be on point. The Springboks had a longer, you know, preparation camp, but the Wallaby players have all been playing, or a lot of them playing rugby more recently. The likes of Cooper and Karevi haven't played in a year, basically, and with the Springboks, they've you know there's players that have been pretty much playing for the last 12 months. You know, how do you make sense in, in trying to make a prediction here?
2: Yeah, I, I I think it is a tough one to call. Um, these games generally go towards the home team. Um, you do talk about South Africa having a losing record against the Wallabies, but. Most of those, well, all those games were pretty much played in um, Australia, and we haven't lost Australia. to the Wallabies mm-hmm. in South Africa since 2011. I think that was Bill, that Bill penalty in Bloom, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That hurt, huh? So, yeah, 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 it did. Um, so, I, I, I think um, it will be a Springbok win, a close Springbok win and um a lot of that also has to do with uh what eddie did with england in 2018 when he arrived in south africa um he came over he basically wanted to change uh that england team just before the world cup and get them sort of ready for that world cup and it was a whole transition period i think it'll be quite a lot like that and England, uh, Australia might come out flying and start the game off well, but I, I think uh, some there's just too many things for him to iron out. While the Springboks have largely um, a set of players that have played the same system for since the since the last World Cup cycle, at least until 2021. So I, I think that uh, gives us enough of an edge that it will be a close Springbok win.
0: Shawnee?
1: I don't know. I was hoping you'd forget about me and not ask. I hate, I hate this.
2: <laughs> always back the box. I hate this. Always back the box.
1: I, 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 I obviously do. I just, I want to wake up on Saturday morning and, and be nervous. I always, that's all I want. I want to wake up on Saturday and have butterflies and get nervous. That's That's the only thing that matters to me. But there's so many unknowns, like, and you've gone through them all and mentioned more, which has just now clouded my judgment and everything. But, yes, home side best. The, the problem is is we haven't lost to the Aussies in a long time. I think we're seven from seven at Loftus against Australia. Like, we've really mm. – like, we, we're good against them here. So that stresses me out because – things are going to come to an end eventually, but whatever happens, I do back the books. It's really important that we get it. We get a lead in the first half. I, I really would like to, um, I'd really like the Wallabies to, to start thinking about stuff in the first half. I don't want them to be um, one like focused on their game plan and how things are starting to come together and then just carry that momentum. We, we need to. We need to make them think and we need to make them doubt. We need to just, we need to get that little, we need to find that, that seam and we need to just hit it and break it a little bit so we can, can really expose them. So, a, a first half of absolutely crushing them defensively is important. The, the kicks are important for us as we know. Reinach and Libbock, their kicking is vital. We've got the back three to chase it. So, sure. I'm. I'm so glad I'm giving a, a pre-game speech here, which you didn't want. Um, Springboks by over a try by eight, by uh, spring box, spring box by eight. Sure, I feel bad saying that already, but I'm gonna just. <laughs>
0: yeah, I. I lean towards yeah, a box by five to ten. Look, I think. You know, in a game like this, you have to go with the continuity. We've seen with England and Wales that getting a new coach and maybe starting a new system doesn't come with instant results. I mean, Eddie Jones should maybe try waterboarding them like the Welsh have done. Um, (laughs) I think what's going to be a struggle for the Springboks is, you know, that first game for Springboks is usually a bad game. They usually have a pretty rough, rusty game, just trying to find their combinations. But hopefully, Australia isn't much better. And I think, Sean, it's probably going to be the opposite. They're probably going to have to come back <laughs> from a deficit to win the game. And that's where the likes of Willemsa and Achias Neyman could be important there. Look, the, and Ruiz, the main thing if that we're going to be running it.
1: But you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're 100% correct. The Springboks are always their first game back after anything. Our first game in November, our first game um before the Lions, our first game, oh, you're 100% right. I'm starting to doubt my call. But you're 100% right. We can't expect the guys to be cooking, but we're going to win by eight. That was so quick. No, no, but this is the thing. This is, the, this is welcome to my brain. My brain is struggling. Like, I want to say we're going to win, but then I'm like, inside, I'm like, don't say that. Don't say that. Say Australia will win and then
0: be wrong, you know? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, look, the big thing I think the Springboks can target is the Australian back three, especially if it features, you know, Vunivalu right. at eleven. <laughs> if Hodges playing if uh, Hodges playing twelve, then that means Tom Wright's playing fifteen.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> which could be what about Kailuway? Which Killaway could be the biggest busted fifteen. Is I Maybe I missed it, but did Kiloway make the the traveling squad? I thought he was still also in the rehab team. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm
1: Sorry. sure he did. I thought he I was mean, there. look.
0: If he did make, yeah, if he did make it, then that's great for the Australians. But if it's Vunivalu and Tom Wright, that could be the most entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, calamitous thing for the Australians. But look, the Springboks have a big opportunity there. Look with Moody and aren't are chasing kicks the whole time. If box kicking game is accurate, there's an opportunity for pressure there. I'm looking forward though to seeing how Quade Cooper tests and stresses the Springbok um, defense. He's been obviously was great at that in 2021. Scott Wiseman is still involved with the Wallabies, and you know he's always got something um, brewing for the Springboks and their rush defense. So look, it's going to be a great game um, between the two sides. We know how they've been evenly matched historically. We know. That even though we pretty much, you know, fans hate the wallabies, we're probably more like the wallabies than any other team. We're almost like, yeah, like in terms of just the record and and how evenly matched our historical um series is. So let's see how it goes on Saturday. But yeah, I would lean towards a close springbok win. Um just a final question though, Jared. This win means more to which a win on Saturday would mean more to which
2: team? Australia, without a doubt, because yeah. they're playing away. Also yeah, the first they, game
0: with Eddie Jones.
2: I think I think it's a accumulation of things. Uh, first game under Eddie Jones. Um, the emotion of beating the box in South Africa at a cathedral like uh, I love this. It's it. I think it just all adds up and. The way you hear Eddie talking about his smash and grab and that uh, they're looking to win everything. And if he's feeding that to the media, he's feeding uh, similar things to his playing squad and getting that first victory under their belt and trotting along is is how we see it. And I mean, for the box, they already have one hour on next week already with, um, I, th- I think they said after the game, Jacques. Felix and Russi all climb on a plane on the same night of the test match. So, so yeah, I I, I think uh, it it means a lot more to Australia to win their first game than the box.
0: Sean, final thoughts
1: about the game on Saturday? I am pumped that we get to we get to sing the national anthem and get to see the box play again. I'm pumped, and I want to mention again. That this side that's running out, like Jacques Ninaba, when he was queried about the split squad and everyone was referring about A and B and, and last in uh, four years ago, Ricey was also like, you know, we're gonna split the squad. I can't remember if he ever mentioned the same thing that, that Jacques did now. But Jacques Ninaba said, um, he's they are splitting the squad, but he's picking a side that he believes can beat Australia. And I I i I've, I've got those vibes with that twenty three. I really do. You know, there's opportunity there for players and there, but there's a side there that can, that can do the business, which we didn't really think about too much on in 2019. You know, it was quite clear to us, but maybe I'm just kind of looking back and my, my opinions a bit jaded. So yeah, I'm just pumped. I'm pumped to watch Springbok rugby again. And I'm also pumped that I hope that all these vibes that I'm giving myself where I just need to watch the game and, just, just enjoy it and don't be, just don't go over the top. Like, if there are errors and a slow start in this, like people write players off. Don't write anyone off. Just give everyone a chance. We historically, as a Springbok team, have built on things. We've picked players that we've worked on, like the Dwebers, the um, Yanchis, the the like Evan Russ. Like we pick guys that have been out, come back in, been out, come back in, worked with things. But they're still there, so yeah. Jo, but I'm pumped, and I'd love to beat Australia. Uh, I, I do, I do enjoy it.
0: Jared, uh, one final thing about the Spring Box is we have a a kit. Finally, we've been yeah. waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks to see what mm-hmm. Nike will cook up. They've got a uh, we've got a collar, a collar with on the inside with a an, and and the print. print. Um, you know, colorful design that, um, you know, represents the South African flag. We've got a, let's call it a nipple line, but it's officially <laughs> called the ventilation panel for the spring uh, for the jersey. Boob with ventilators. With the, the vertical stripes. <laughs> yeah. ventilators. With the stripes as well. <laughs> Look, man, free the nipple. I mean, if the spring walks yeah. are about it, they're about it. <laughs> but Jared, yeah, what's your verdict? You've been compiling, just to shout you out, you've been compiling a a guide to all the jerseys that have been released so far for the rugby World Cup. Um yeah, what's your verdict on the Springbok one? Are we and this is where we can pivot to the New Zealanders, is it better than the New Zealand Adidas um jersey?
2: Without a doubt. I I, I don't think it's even a competition. <laughs> I think uh, South Africa is really pushing uh, you've uh, taken some shots at the at the Bok jersey, but we've certainly oh, been um I was going to bring that up <laughs> with a lot We've been dealt with a lot worse, um, from from Essex where they haven't even got the the right colour. I think Narc have got a long way in getting the right springbok green for starters and getting gold and not yellow um sleeves and, and collars and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I don't think it's quite gold yet, but it's it's gold enough that it's uh, sits well enough with the MTN logo, if I can put it that way. But generally, I think we've we've got a pretty tidy jersey, and it's one of the ones that, uh, when you're looking at the World Cup uh, jerseys that have been released, I think it's up there with Australia and Portugal who have who have got theirs right. Where New Zealand, if if uh, the World Cup was played just on what your jersey looks like. New Zealand would have to play the the World Cup qualifiers during the next World Cup cycle. To yeah, they miss the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. They would finish uh, bottom of their group. I reckon. Well, they've got Ireland in their group. No, they don't. But uh, they got France. But yeah, they horrendous. so fuck. Seriously, uh, I, I, I uh, the, the sad thing is, is they've probably paid that designer quite a like hefty sum to. To put that uh, adidas jersey together and all they had to do was just make it black and maybe put some they could have put the <laughs> literally, three, they, literally. Could have put, they could have put the three white adidas straps on the on the sleeve and everyone would have been like okay it's different so at least it's not just the same black hole jersey <laughs> and everyone would have been they would have been fine but now they've got a whole lot of gonna... silver ferns all over the thing and it looks horrendous
1: <laughs> i'm gonna say something I you must never ever ever judge a jersey until you see the players run out in it. I I'm hesitant to not like the all black jersey. I see where you're coming from. There's some patterns in there. Those patterns I think probably gonna be a little bit like more faint, so they'll kind of only not always show up. But,
2: but I'll know it's a large shirt. So it's it's
1: basically be like a fluorescent light for you. Um yeah. but, I, I agree with you, Jared, like we've, Nike have done well. Like our home Jersey is that or every team, their heritage and everything is all on their home Jersey. And these alternate strips are the ones where like it was forced into because of kit clashes and stuff there, go and do your thing, man. And they've done it. They've mm. I absolutely love it. I love it. I can't wait see, to see I, the shorts I, and the socks that fan. come with it. I know you're not. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm combined. This is why I brought <laughs> it up. I absolutely love it. It's different. It's got rad vibes. Oh man. It's not plain white. I, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the plain white one. The only reason why I like the plain white springbok jersey is because you can wear it in public and feel kind of normal. Cause I'm not a massive fan of wearing green. It's odd. I know, but yeah, no, I, I love it. I think, <laughs> Tala, like more importantly, I mean, I've had to have a dig at dig Jared, but Tala, you, <laughs> you had a proper go and I, I was having such a chuckle. And I, the reason why I was laughing at what you were saying about the jerseys because I knew i get to confront you about it on this public platform that we have. But you I'm not a
0: massive <laughs> fan of those stripes. Can you tell me why? <laughs> you keep talking about the stripes. I hardly see them. Look, okay, let's start with the positives. Like Jared said, the right <laughs> colors. Collar's great. I love the idea of the collar, the inside of the collar as well. inside the um, I think they've nailed that. MTN needs to absolutely go as a sponsor. It's a horrible logo, but we'll talk about that later. We, we, the Stripes we're super there.
1: happy that MTN have stopped their like, complete yellow fill logo. At least they've got a little outline. Thank heavens. Imagine what was that. I think ID. it's
0: better with the... I think it's better with the full logo. No, it just looks so cheap, the new MTN logo, at least in my opinion. Okay, the stripes. It just, it just really takes away from the jersey. <laughs> like, number one, there's not many rugby jerseys with vertical stripes. Why? Vertical stripes, as Jared, who did appear on the Raw Rugby podcast this week, and Harry said a big thing about two things that you want in a jersey, is that it speaks about the national pride of a team, and it must make your forwards look fat. Guess what? Vertical stripes do make <laughs> like you look fat. So that's already a negative. We saw Malcolm Marks trying to um, expose the stomachs of all our front row players. Stephen Kitsoff is not going to look nice in that in, in those stripes. And I think it just, at least in the photos, with when the players are wearing it, maybe it's going to look different. Obviously, in um, on the field, but it just doesn't. It gives me vibes of that 2007 um, Rugby World Cup jersey with the. Panels that it had also for breathability and all that sort of stuff, which is not a good jersey to wear, like, you know, out. So I think in terms of it being good casual wear, I don't think it's going to look as good. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that the supporters jersey doesn't have, you know, I the high tackle nipple line and uh. the and the stripes aren't as bad. So then it's maybe a bit easier. But yeah, you know, I think it's it's one of those where it's like, if it didn't have that, if it was like a clean sort of green and yellow or green and gold, sorry, it it would be an easy seven, eight, nine out of ten. As I think the big lesson is with these jerseys is the simpler you can keep it, or the more sort of you can keep it towards the original, the better it will be. Mm. So yeah, that's where it takes a few points off for me.
2: I I I've uh, had a look at some of these jerseys with the players actually wearing it and. <laughs> The, the stripes you don't see until you like sort of go right up close to it. And I reckon on the, on the field, you won't see that kind of thing. And I I can't wait. I think they come out this Friday. I'd l- love to get my hands on one of these. And yeah, I did mention on Twitter, but thank goodness we have MTN and uh, not Vodacom sponsoring us because Vodacom <laughs> would make this jersey look fucking horrendous. Uh,
0: when, when you said and that. they have their logo compete with the Springbok logo.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. When you said that it reminded me when the vote, when Vodacom sponsored the Bulls, remember when their logo was like all across the jersey? I was like, Oof. Yeah. Tyler, I, I have a question. If you had to rank, it's a little bit, a little off the cuff here. If you had to rank your favorite two or three Springbok jerseys ever, what would they be?
0: You know what? Gets a lot of bad rap because of you know the era it was in, but the Alistair Couttsia Springbok jerseys were for me close to perfect. Like,
2: no, there were some. I think in the there. green and gold was. Is... Sorry. There, there were some beauts in there. I think uh the yeah. 2017 one, I think was 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 gross.
0: Mm. Like you get the green and gold, you have a, a a sponsor that makes sense. I think it was Blue Telecoms at the time. Mm. You have the collar. It had the yellow. Um, Sleeves as well. That's what a springbok jersey should be, I think. Can
1: you stop saying yellow because you'll kick gets... you off the podcast, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Look. Next I don't, thing tell us gonna be calling us gold and greens.
0: green. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a big to me, it looks yellow, but that's probably because, as my wife says, I'm colorblind. But yeah, let's say green and gold. The what 1999 jersey. That's biggest, what it is.
1: What, like, you can't be like, oh yeah, just for like due to popular <laughs> demand. Like okay, that's what it is. I
0: apologize. Okay, <laughs> I apologize to all Springbok fans. It is green and gold. Okay, gold. So 1999 is <laughs> also one that I rank highly. 2003 and 2007 were probably the worst ones. They're really bad. 2011 one was fine. I think it was it was quite nice. I can't remember 2015's one for some reason. Probably the Japan result. I'm so, literally googling yeah, I, all of these I while think- you're talking,
1: eh? Because I can't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> But, I,
0: I, uh, I think 16, look, the, the main thing, the main point that I have is that with the Springbok jersey, the simpler you do it, the better. Like, once it gets into a bit too much of you're trying to do something different, that's when it, it can fall a bit down. Very quick, guys, um, what's your opinion about the way jersey? Because that's where um, Nike has tried to do something new. So they had some patterning there um, and they made it, I don't even know what to call that color. Let's say blue, green, turquoise, whatever you want to call it. It's, my opinion is I like the idea. I think it's cool having like, your alternate jersey should be an alternate jersey. It should be something different. I just think this is the wrong color to do it with. Maybe it would have been better doing it with, you know, some other color. I don't, I don't like the
2: color oh, Okay, trouble, uh, yeah. t- uh, One thing, one thing I'll put in quickly is, um, that the other jersey that really stands out for me for the Springboks is that, uh, British and Irish lions one. I quite like that one. Um, the 2021 with that black, uh, with the black Springbok uh uh, on it. Yeah. I've, that's yes. one of my favorites, Dwarf. but, uh, and Shorten, while, well, I'll tell you why you like this, uh like this away Springbok jersey is because it's basically a sevens jersey. That's what it lo- reminds me of. Like we have we've, we've <laughs> had some like really crap sevens jerseys, but this this was if the uh the Blitzbook were playing in this jersey, everyone would be like, Yeah, cool, that's that's a nice uh, sevens jersey. But it's it's not a fifteens jersey to me. It looks like a sevens jersey, a invitational jersey kind of thing, or even a, a training kit. So it looks like a training kit to me. So yeah. I, I'm I'm not a i am i not like the idea of the jersey. I just don't know if it's really like a full-on plane jersey. Like oh, I would want that for I much for, for training, not for not for a match.
1: I love it. Now seeing that, imagine how flippin' epic the training jerseys are gonna be. Oof. <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I'm a little outvoted here by the looks of things, but uh, I will, I will <laughs> carry on fighting the fight.
2: Yeah, tell her no, you that was you it. Talk I'm about done. Date I'm- night drip. This, this one doesn't have any date night drip. You would not wear that out on a on a date night, man. <laughs> the wake it. no
0: yeah. Sorry. Uh, the date night drip levels are look. The, the best one out of the ones that have been released so far, I think is Argentina away jersey. That is yeah. beautiful. I,
2: yeah. I oh, mean, I, missed that. I,
0: I heard your point about it. Look, it's that navy blue one, Sean, um, with, this, with the with the bride-to-be um, sash at the middle. But yeah, that's the only maybe negative about it. But I think otherwise, it's a great jersey. Look, I think let's pivot to just the other stuff that's happening in the rugby world this weekend. Very quickly, lads, we... Gonna probably have to start wrapping up soon. New Zealand versus Argentina. Jared, can you talk me off predicting
2: an Argentina win? Uh, it is a difficult one. I think uh, the biggest issues with them is they don't have Marcus Kramer this week. Um, he's a big blow for them.
1: There's a surprise, and
2: there's somebody else that they sit in, they sitting out. for Kunda Issa, who would have probably replaced him, and um think they're missing one of their I think they're missing Petty, uh, Petty as well. So uh, I think they're missing some key players in their pack. Um they've still got Montoya and Crevy that can drive them to that kind of win and Matira, but yeah, um I think I think they're just a little bit shy in the pack. But I I, I think it's 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 gonna be a close one.
0: And Sean, I mean, New Zealand also has a few injury concerns. Um, Will Jordan's not available. Nestefane Ganuku didn't make it on the trip as well. Sam Whitelock is likely not p- playing. Ian Foster's really mad about Sam Whitelock playing the final when he was advised not to because he was still rehabbing from an injury. He, this yeah, this is also another one that might be a bit difficult to call because I mean Antonino Brown's also not available with his suspension. It's, yeah, I think it's back to another one where we might see another version of the All Black 23. And it's going to be hard now, again, to find out which 23 is New Zealand's best 23 for the World
2: Cup.
1: Yeah. Um, I've just uh, had a look at this uh, Argentina away jersey. It looks like a soccer jersey, but it's flipping rad. I like it. Anyway, I don't. Uh, the All Blacks are going to win for me on Saturday. Um, There are going to be a few people that are Sean Stevenson that are going to absolutely dominate and then be dropped because for no reason at all. Yeah. So, like, I really want this guy to set the international stage on fire, but he's going to be another Charles Piltow. You know, he's going to play one test Mm. and he's going to wander off into the distance and everyone's going to wonder what could have been. Um, Richie Mwang is playing, Aaron Smith's playing. So no, the All Blacks don't lose, um, but yeah, it's gonna. I actually think the All Blacks are gonna win comfortably, and that's just because yeah, they they do like to get the the show on the road early. They're normally very well prepared. They don't have that like kind of cool off or warm up period. Um, they 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 don't they're not normally shaky in their first games. Their first game back, I think they've got a point to prove, especially after what happened when they lost um, to the rgs So, yeah, I think it's going to be a comfortable All Black one.
0: Okay, so New Zealand looking to win then Mendoza on Saturday, so that will yeah then set up a big match on the next Saturday in in, in Auckland for New Zealand against the Springboks. Very quickly, just wrapping up other stuff in the rugby world. So under twenties have finished their round robin matches. South Africa sneaks through <laughs> into the into the semi-finals um, as the group winner in the group with um, with Argentina, Georgia, and Italy. They won their game against Argentina on yesterday on Tuesday. Then they are facing Ireland in their semi-final. With England facing France in the other semi-final. <laughs> Look, I'm I must be honest. I'm not a person that watches the or like is very passionate about the under twenties. If they play well, they play well. If they don't, they don't. Like, they kids. We can't really get ourselves too stressed about that. But Sean, yeah, I mean, it did look a bit hairy, and the performances have been convincing. They obviously lost against Italy, but, I mean, good result at least that they are, um, they top their group.
1: Yes. It's just very interesting. Uh, it's a 31-man squad. What? 30, 31. And they play a game every four days. Like, you're gonna rotate, or the walls are gonna come crumbling down anyway. So it's really tough. Um, but we snuck in, um, and we'll have to see what happens. Uh, France are <laughs> France are machines at the moment. Ireland can be beaten, but so can South Africa. So we could be in the final. We could not. It really could fall either way. But France are looking like uh, like the ones.
0: Jared. Um are you agreeing with Sean? France looking like they're a lot better than the rest. Can, yeah, are we are we going to go against Ireland? And what about England's chances?
2: Yeah, I I I I think Sean's uh, pretty spot on. It does look like uh, France are the favourites. Um, from what we saw against Argentina, the this is a this junior art, isn't that overly the the best, the greatest, or. Uh, but there's definitely that real Springbok spirit in them that they fought back in the match, defended uh, with all their guts and glory and all the cliches uh, going along with that. So if we, if we can eke out a result against Ireland, I, I don't see it happening, but I think I think we could um, and set up a final. Who knows? Uh, when it's final rugby, um, everyone wrote off the Springboks in 2019 and we showed what we did there. So yeah, I'll I'll still back the under-20s, but uh, it does seem like it's it's probably going to be a France-Island uh, final with uh, France probably winning it.
0: Yeah, it's going to... Look, if this, if this baby box can somehow get a result against Ireland, they'll be big. And, I mean, yeah, Ireland also going through a lot um, in the last few weeks or the last few days with a few um, oh. deaths that have happened um, close to the team. Um, Jordan, do you want to just mention what happened there
1: oh yeah just uh two two youngsters um they were in school last year with a bunch of the players or uh, passed away in grief i believe so that was that was quite um quite terrible for them and then um one of the youngsters uh there was a tragic accident with his dad in um in cape town um, and his dad passed away he was down to watch him so yeah All happened well, not all, but um, it happened the day before the game against Fiji, um, and the guys got together and played. It's it's hectic and quite something. Uh, The guys are obviously in a really bad space, so um, so yeah, impressive um, that they they went out to play. I thought it was uh, it was amazing of them to do it. It was a great. uh, a, a great moment um, before kickoff where Fiji presented uh, the team um, with the jersey. So, quite an emotional, emotional time. And um, yeah, so we'll we'll just wish you know everyone all the best. Um, it's a pretty shitty time.
0: Yeah, all the best to them, and yeah, just our condolences um, to the families involved as well um yeah craving week also happening this week which is why cooks is not involved with the podcast this week he's busy on the field there scouting the best of south africa with you know the best scouts in france and england as well or i don't know if they still come to come to these things i mean it seems like every week i hear rassing assigned another young south african talent she's
1: yes yeah, see rassing have been signing a bunch of players but, um, interestingly, it's not only the South Africans that, uh, are being, uh, are being scouted here because remember the, the, the Fijians, um, and the Georgians as well, they're also, um, prime targets for mm. the, for the French sides. So, yeah, flip. but I mean, well, oh, a couple of years ago, there was talk about just how many scouts come down to, uh, to the Craven weeks and under twenties to see what, what's going, what's going on. But. The, the Cra- Craven Week especially is quite quite something, um, but scary to think that we're <laughs> try, try not to share too much about all the great tries because you know the guys are going to be running out in uh, in foreign colours, <laughs> but scary.
0: And then just other news. So we've had a big uh, we had a release um, from Sanzo and the Six Nations um, on Saturday um, on Saturday morning. Came you know <laughs> the typical news dump that confirmed that um, Samsung and the Six Nations are going to start the a new international rugby competition, um, which basically incentivizes the July and the November test windows, um, basically that the Northern Hemisphere Southern Hemisphere teams are going to play against each other, and then there'll be a final at the end um, every two years, which are non Rugby World Cup and British and Irish Lions years. So it's basically to try and make those tests more relevant instead of all tests just being build up to the Rugby World Cup. The bad news is that there's going to be no relegation or promotion um, in the first few years until 2030. So, for example, if you are maybe a country that's hosting the Rugby World Cup in 2031, like the United States, you're not going to play any Tier One nations pretty much in the windows until 2031. Jared, yeah, I don't know. It seems like World Rugby and the All Boys Club are keeping things as closed as possible.
2: Yeah, um, it, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned the USA there, but apparently there's whispers going about that uh, it won't be Fiji and um, Japan joining the rugby championship. It will be um, the USA and uh, Japan, which, yeah, it, it is a separate topic on itself. But uh, essentially, like you say, if if you're 19, 20 or old, like this team that's visiting South Africa now, the Georgians that have performed while beyond what people expected them uh, from them, you're pretty much not gonna get any tier one games uh, um outside of a World cup so that's a generation of players that yeah all, all Georgia wanted was a chance to get promoted to the six nations, which definitely isn't gonna happen until twenty thirty basically um so yeah they've it's a big setback for for those teams and it's sort of closing up shop a lot of people have um compared it to soccer's super league and uh, how the clubs like Man United, at barca wanted to close up shop and make it just the big guys that carry on getting richer and it looks like rugby's going down the same route and maybe if there's enough backlash like the football good this will just go away but uh with sansal and the six nations teaming up to do it there's just too many votes for, for the other nations to really make an impact when it comes down to the world rugby meeting team votes and that kind of thing. So, so, yeah, it's definitely a sad day for the Tier 2 teams there. Do I think that we really need uh, to add more competitions in our fixtures? Like, to me, a, a three-test series um, when the North comes to the South, is more than enough. Um, I think there's still a lot of competition and bite in that. And even when we go in November and we play Ireland, England, there's there's always a bit of rivalry and fierceness there that I don't think you really need to put it in a league system or a competition system to make it more enticing and more competitive. And any
0: quick views that you have, Sean?
1: I think it's a shitty idea.
2: <laughs> in
1: short. <laughs> I, I uh, Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's a no for me. I don't. I'm not a massive fan. But yeah, you know, let's see what what happens. But uh, it's going to kill off tier one versus tier two. Um, we had an opportunity mm. to um, force in like having teams play like you know when they play the during June July where guys will be traveling and and play like a Georgia and Fiji Tonga. We started seeing a little bit more of that, but that's gonna. You know, the Tier one Tier VT2 is going to gonna really drop off, and that's shitty.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just this could have maybe been saved if it was a bigger competition, maybe 16 teams and access for Georgia and Tongan Samoa and those t- teams to play Tier 1 Nations. I mean, this format also doesn't make sense because in essence, the rugby championship and the Six Nations doesn't count. So you're going to be playing, each team is going to be playing different teams. <laughs> mm. this competition so it's just absolutely brain dead but yeah it is what it is with rugby at the moment so one positive just to um finish things off with african fans we don't really see the australian new zealand argentinian players as much as we usually or used to do so which is one player that you're looking forward to watching i'll start it off i'm really looking forward to seeing um one one team gonzalez samso playing um at flank for the argentinians on saturday he was, yeah, it was love at first sight seeing him play last year. He was brilliant in the matches against New Zealand and South Africa. Obviously, he's great. got great pace and he's good with the ball, but he's just such a hard worker as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing Gonzalez play um, for Argentina. Uh, Sean? Quick, Cooper. Okay, and then Jared, finally.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm also going to go with the Argentine. Uh, Santiago Carreras. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's getting a proper shot at 10 Ooh. this season. So I, th- I, th- I think it's his form with Gloucester was also great so i, I I'm, I'm keen to see what he can do
0: okay and let's finish off there thank you for joining us for this episode of Rugby Bits podcast and yeah we will be pumping out the the content in the next few weeks like share and subscribe with the with any with your podcast um, provider and go to our social media channels as well we'll see you in the next podcast bye